What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Kunay Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me on my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, strategic partnerships, publicity, celebrity endorsements, and selling direct to consumers. So if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer packaged goods space, in fashion and apparel, business products, or any physical product niche, listen in because we have you covered. Join the fast track to physical product business success. This is the Physical Product Business Podcast. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of the Physical Product Business Podcast, part of the 2X e-commerce podcast. And uh, some of you have asked me, reached out to me to ask me about how to work out celebrity endorsement deals. And what I did on this episode was to find an expert who actually lives and breathes, you know, um, celebrity endorsement and um, have him on the show to shed some light on um, how he got into it and how he's been able to build a brand. Um, I'm joined by Andreas Johansson. He is the founder of Dennis Rodman's badass vodka brand. So if some of you know or grew up in the 90s, Dennis Rodman was a was a colorful, quite a colorful NBA celebrity or NBA player um, that got in the headlines basically and he's remained relevant for the last 20, 30 years. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Andreas to the show. Welcome Andreas. Hey Kunle, thanks very much for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Fantastic, fantastic. Could you take a minute or so because I probably didn't do enough justice to introduce yourself and give um, our listeners um, a bit of your background, please. Oh yeah, sure. I, I think you you gave a pretty good intro as far as uh, Dennis Rodman's badass vodka, where I'm the uh, the founder and the co-creator together with Rodman himself. I do a lot of consulting works for uh, entrepreneurs and brands that want to do uh, celebrity endorsement deals. I am the CEO of the Berkowitz Development Group, which is one of the larger real estate developers in parts of the Caribbean, and I also work a lot with. Uh, larger retirement funds and, and high net worth uh, syndicates that invest in real estate here in the US. So I'm really a real estate guy that then branched out into other businesses, which led me to uh, to the Rodman Vodka deal. That's very interesting. So, so how do you spend your time? Um, what parts of it is with celebrities? What parts of it is with real estate? Uh, it really depends. I mean, on the real estate, whenever we have a new project coming out, you know, you get very involved with that for for a while with the workers and the designers and the architects and everything. But then once that's up and running and we have a sales team um, already in place, then it, you know, I can focus a little more on other things. But it really depends on you know where the demand is for the time at any specific moment. Yeah, it's quite interesting because we connected over on LinkedIn and, and we have some mutual friends. Um, I, I think Ray Withers of um, Property Frontiers is our mutual friend. I remember friend. the name, yeah, Oxford. Yeah. Oxford. Yeah, UK, right? from, from Oxford, exactly. And um, right. I, I, I worked for him in digital marketing for a few years. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting with regards to international real estate. 
it's a very small world. You yeah, know, it's, like it's his need. if you've been doing it for a long time, you kind of get. I mean, I wouldn't say that I know those guys, but I'm, I'm sure I've met them. Okay. Um, a few times at you know exhibitions and shows, and you know we lived over in the UK for quite a while, so. Yeah, it's a very like very connected, very interconnected kind of world. Interesting. So, where do you live now? I live in Orange County, California. Okay, fantastic. Okay, and hence the connection with celebrities. Okay, um, correct. Yeah. Let's let's track. Let's. I, I just want to jump right into Dennis Rodman's badass vodka brand because I'm super excited that um, you pretty much, well, you you have to explain came up with the idea and you have you're pretty much managing the, you know the, the the entire you know operation so let's start out with the idea conception how did you meet Dennis Rodman and how did you think vodka on the one hand could link up to his personality given the fact that um you know it's a sports person and what would come off the top of most people's minds would be um, an energy drink or um, perhaps Aperol? Yeah, no, that, that's an interesting thought. I mean, Rodman, while he certainly is a Hall of Famer basketball player, he won five championship ranks across uh, two different teams, won both with Detroit and Chicago. He's actually probably known better today as a guy that, you know, he parties pretty hard, he's pretty outspoken, and he, he keeps himself relevant. And I wanted to create something. I mean, Rodman himself, I knew him through his agent. His agent's a very good friend of mine, has been for a long time, because I, in my regular real estate business, I work with athletes that just want to invest their money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to know his agent, and I, I kind of asked him, like, does Dennis have an alcohol? And this was back when Dennis was on Celebrity Apprentice, before the whole episode with North Korea came out. So he was very popular, incredibly relevant. I mean, he was always in the media. He had a Super Bowl commercial running that year uh, with uh, the wonderful pistachio brand. So he was all over the news. And I just thought, you know, he's being underutilized. You know, there's an opportunity here, not just to link him with another company, but to actually create a brand kind of around his whole, his whole personality, the party goer, the outspoken guy. And I thought the ideal fit for that would be in the spirits industry. Um, and Dennis's drink of choice is vodka. Plus, you know, once you get to know the industry, you'll see that vodka is, it's a little bit easier to create a vodka product than to create maybe like a whiskey or a tequila, which were the other things they looked at. So that's like in a nutshell, how we ended up with Rodman's vodka. Okay, okay. It, it's quite interesting because um, on the one hand you have, um, you have whiskeys, you have, you know, bourbon, you have even gin. Um, so, so why, um, did, how did you, what options did you have before you drilled out to vodka, apart from it being Dennis's, you know, favorite drink? Well, first of all, the, the industry was moving more and more towards vodka sales and away from other types of spirits. So that was one part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, vodka is also, it's a little bit easier to get it off the ground relatively fast because it's not like a whiskey where, you know, it could take five, 10 years, right? Or even longer, you know, for you to store it uh, before it becomes of a good quality. The same with tequila, there's very limited availability of good tequila. Mm-hmm. Well, vodka is not as involved. I mean, if you, if you look at different vodkas, I mean, it more comes down to the branding of the product and it really comes down to the taste because the taste profiles are often more or less identical. 
And and then what what how would you describe uh, so what was your price and strategy you know um there are many vodkas um there's there, there are many vodka brands you know related to celebrities what, what kind of price and strategy did you come up with well we wanted to be perceived as a premium brand mm-hmm. without the premium price tag so if you look at our product we have a beautiful frosted bottle. It's in, Dennis' signature is engraved. It has a lot of text on it, like a couple of statements that we had Dennis write about himself. So we spent a lot of money on the product. It's great six times to still vodka, but we're still below $20 on the shelf, which we felt was very important. Because mm-hmm. um, if you go, your other option is you go extremely high end, then you try to be you know, one of the more expensive ones, but that's a very, very difficult market to compete in. Or the second one is, like with anything, you go to be the absolute cheapest, but that's, unless you have your own plant and you're making the product as cheaply as possible and you're saving everything, we just weren't, we just didn't want to compete in that market because I don't think there's much longevity. Okay. Once you get there, someone's only going to make a cheaper product than you, and eventually somebody will figure out a way to do that, and then you really have nowhere else to go because you have no brand loyalty. You happen to be the cheapest one. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what about your distribution strategy? How, well, before we talk about your distribution strategy, I'll be quite keen to find out how you sold your first 1,000 bottles of, bad, of, 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 of the badass um, vodka. How did you? Well, we were pretty fortunate in um, Dennis's relevancy at the time. So when we started out, we actually made a couple of press releases and, a, and a, a press conference to get it with Dennis. So that really helped to get the name out there and get the word out there. And before we really went any further, we were approached by a couple of distributors in states where Dennis was very strong, like in, in Michigan because of his time with the Detroit Pistons, mm-hmm. Illinois because of his uh, time uh, with the Bulls, uh, Florida, which is Dennis' home state, you know, living in Miami. Um, so we didn't have to do too much work initially. I mean, we still had to convince the distributor that this was not just about Dennis because everyone is a little bit, you know, a little bit cautious now with celebrity products because there's so many celebrity branded spirits coming out. I mean, there's all the time new ones coming out. So we were kind of at, at the front of that a little bit, but we still had to go and see them and let them taste the product and give them all of our marketing and everything. But we were kind of lucky out the gate that we had somebody like Dennis. So that certainly helped us. So, so Dennis opened off the doors. Um, so that was the easy part. So how did you follow through with sales? How, how did they repeat their orders? Or um, how did you start to build momentum to, to where you are today? Well, that's the, that's the more important part. You know, I, I consult for some other startup entrepreneurs in, in the spirits industry. And everyone's always thrilled when they get the first order. And it's great. I mean, it's... It's a milestone, right? But it doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, the reorders is really what it's all about. So you got to follow through. If you say, look, we're going to have Dennis appear at, you know, X amount of liquor stores, you got to make that happen. If you say we're going to send you some in-store marketing, you got to make that happen. If you say we're going to have a promo program, you got to make that happen. The follow through is by far the most important aspect in creating, um, kind of a sustainable demand. Okay, so how does the follow through look like? So 
say, you know, they, they, buy, they bought 100 cases from you, you know, um, last Christmas. When do you follow up? Do you have a sales team to follow up? Is it, what, do you, what does it look like from a regional standpoint? Um, how do you sort of, you know, make those sales consistent with various distributors? Yeah, I mean, we have local reps in every market that checks in with the distributors. Mm -hmm. And what we try to do, which it doesn't always happen, but we try to get uh, weekly or at least bi-weekly updates from all our distributors on uh, any new stores that they put the product into so that we can add it to, um, you know, Dennis's social media and our website. Um, and that kind of helps us see how fast they're depleting the demand. Plus, after a while, you start to see with experience if they take in, say, 500 cases, and we know which kind of chains they're working with, we'll start to see the pattern of how quickly they burn through the inventory. So, plus the distributors are pretty good at letting us know in advance with the product. So, usually that's not so much of an issue. Okay, so, so would to, what does it look like now? Um, how long have you been selling, you know, um, the, 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 the brand? Uh, how, how long has the brand been, been, been in the market for? We've been going now for about three years. For three years, okay. And um, what kind of volumes are you doing from a, from a sales standpoint in, in terms of? Um, I mean, we're actually, um, I can't disclose exactly the number, but I can tell you that we're, we're in all the key markets in the U.S. that we want to be in, as well as in Canada, and we're actually doing very well with our expansion into Asia, which is where Dennis' fame, ironically, is probably even larger than here in the U.S. Wow, wow, okay. the pace that we wanted. Well, speaking of Asia, what was the impact of the, the his North Korean trip on, on the brand? Um, I mean, here in the U.S., it, it was certainly a, it was a negative for a while, both for the brand as well as for Dennis personally. I mean, I think the media really went after him, and in many ways, I think that he wasn't treated fairly. You know, the interview that he gave that, that really set off everything that he did with CNN was done from inside North Korea. So I'm not sure what asking those questions what kind of response CNN were expecting to get. From him, exactly. Yeah, so I think Dennis was treated very, very harsh, you know, under the conditions. But, of course, it had some some, uh, some negative, um, uh, you know, impact on us as a business as well as on him for a while. I mean, luckily, he's recovered more than well enough, and he's, exactly. he's back popularity he had before that. But, of course, it was a couple of tough years. I mean, the liquor industry is actually... Uh, very conservative, so they were concerned with you know some of the statements that were attributed to him, right. uh, which Dennis is absolutely not. I mean, they were saying it was un-American. Dennis is one of the most patriotic guys that I know, yeah. and a lot of those statements they just grabbed it from nowhere and made a big deal out of it. But yeah, right. we suffered from all of that. And then you, you you clawed back. It took you months to to claw back, right? Yeah, it took probably yeah. about a year. Okay. Um, one of the things I didn't, you know, ask you initially was kind of like Dennis's. How involved is Dennis in this? And the reason I'm asking is um, for people who are interested in getting into celebrity endorsements for for their brands, um, they need to manage their expectations as to, you know, how involved a deal would look like to involve Dennis, you know, on um, the day to day marketing of a brand. Um, so could you shed some more light on on um how involved Dennis is and also um, 
what's your advice you know um listeners who want to use celebrities to to, to put in their contracts um for the involvement of um, ambassadors or actual celebrities on, on their brand sure no absolutely uh, let okay. me answer the first question first about okay. dennis's involvement i mean dennis is a partner in the company with me so she was very involved in you know designing the bottle creating the product because we wanted something that would really represent Dennis that it wasn't a product that we created and then put his name on we wanted it to actually be like a Dennis Rodman branded vodka from day one so he was very involved and even today he's very much um, product you know if we, if we launch a new market or we need him to do something he's still very much very very much involved however to answer your second question your, your typical celebrity deal you're not going to have a whole lot of involvement day to day. Usually for an endorsement deal, it could be anything from somebody just, if you're talking clothing, they wear your clothes or they do some social media posts for you, um, or you can use their name in your marketing. Usually that's about as far as it goes. Right. I mean, rarely ever does the celebrity have any input in your product unless you specifically want to get it done that way. Right. Right, right, right. That's that's very, very interesting. And uh, well, but but for for Dennis, you, you you did you know you did mention that he'll he'll go for for um he'll, he'll turn up in stores, you know, in liquor stores, and you know um just make an appearance for 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 the brand, which which is you know um different to to what you get as a standard. Okay, uh, I want to kind of flesh out how you do things or how you your supply chain um from the perspective of um how you get orders do you work do you sell to to supermarkets or you know to stores how does your supply chain look like um from how do, do you sell to distributors and stores or um do you sell who do you sell to um from well actually here in, here in the us it's all a, a three-tiered system so we can only sell to one distributor in every state okay so i mean it's actually the, the supply chain gets pretty simple because we, we source our products you know we get the glass from one place we'll get the actual liquid from another place we get the corks from a third place um and it all comes together and gets bottled in Florida, and then we ship it to, we have one warehouse in Philadelphia, we have one warehouse here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and from there, we sell it to, if it's a distributor in the US, um, they usually you know send someone to pick it up. If it goes out of the country, we ship it out, and we have a little bit of paperwork to do with the government on the tax side of things and customs. but. It's, it's actually fairly simple because of that system. I mean, we, we can sell directly in very few states. I think Oregon, you can do it. Um, and a couple other places, I think you can, like smaller smaller states, you can. But most of the time, you can only sell to a distributor. Right, so, so drinking establishments, restaurants will buy from distributors. Correct, yeah, we can't sell. Of course, you can still approach them and say, hey, we'd like you to carry our brand. Um, and then they'll call the distributor and get the product. It still, of course, works that way. It's just we can't directly do the transaction, a including, which sometimes can be frustrating, even though most of our distributors have been pretty good, we have really no control over the pricing. You know, like we sell it at a certain price, but then the distributor can do whatever they want. Right, right, that makes sense. Okay, um, 
So some of our listeners would be thinking about um, paying royalties to celebrities. Um, so there was the Chirac deal with P. Diddy. Um, and are you familiar with the deal structure there? With the uh, Yeah, I mean, Chirac is kind of unusual, right? In that it was basically a, a dying brand owned by an enormous company called the Adio, which is the biggest liquor company in the world. So it was, they, they basically offered him, I think they gave him 49% or 50% of the brand for him to be the spokesperson. And he clearly did a fantastic job. You know, but that's, it's a different, it's a very different premise from a normal kind of entrepreneur because obviously the money that the Adio had that they could throw at marketing this is very different from what someone like you or I can do. Mm-hmm. So that was really very much a, an abnormal kind of transaction, which, you know, all the credit to the Agile and P. Diddy clearly worked out very well for them. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so what, what, what advice would you give to, like, entrepreneurs listening to, to, to this show um, looking to secure, you know, a licensing deal with, with celebrities or brands? I think there is a couple of things. I mean, the first one is you gotta think, what do you wanna get out of this? Right. Are, you, are you thinking of running a, a big advertising campaign where you want a really recognizable face in there and that's all you need from them? Mm-hmm. Or do you want someone that maybe can open some doors for you to get some meetings and you want that person to, to attend some functions with you? Do you want them to be more involved in, in a, from a business perspective. I mean, you gotta think very clearly about what would you like to get out of this? Um, and of course, what can you offer? I mean, what's most of the time these deals get done, there's a royalty aspect and there's a licensing aspect. So usually you pay a little bit of money up front that usually covers you for the first year or two years or whatever you agree. And then there's a royalty payment. Not always, there isn't always a royalty payment. I mean, if you had a brand and you just say, hey, I want, you know, whoever, I want Hulk Hogan to be my spokesperson. Usually you would just pay a one-off payment that'll cover you for so long and so many ads or TV commercials or whatever you wanted to do. Um, And then the second thing you gotta factor in is who is a good fit for my brand? You know, that's where I think we got it right with Rodman and one of my track athletes right now is getting endorsed, you know, for a big shoe line Right. Um, can't talk too much about it in detail, but you gotta, it's gotta make sense. Like whoever you're putting forward has to resonate with the audience that you're trying to, that you're trying to reach. It makes sense, it makes sense. Because I was gonna ask you about the, the deal structure. You know, um, obviously you, you probably are not, you know, allowed to divulge, you know, the deal structure with Dennis, but um, more or less to, to offer us a guide on what a deal would look like, you know, for people looking to to, to, to get a, a celebrity to endorse their e-commerce brands or their physical, actually their physical products, you know, um, um, their physical products that, that they, 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 they sell to market. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting for you to shed some more light on, on that. Yeah, usually the way it would work is you'll you'll try to do, um, you'll complete kind of like a, like a list, mm-hmm. uh, which what I have you know like like I think I mentioned I consult for brands that want to get celebrities and I help them obviously get those guys. So usually we have to work out what what I mentioned before. What do you want to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, 
for what period of time, who would you like? Like, who's a good fit with your brand? A little bit, you gotta talk about a budget, you know, because it, it depends what, obviously that's gonna affect what level of celebrity that you can get. Um, and usually those are the first few steps and then you start approaching those people. Should we flesh out the, the budget in terms of like um, the tiers of celebrities? Um, if we could give like examples on, you know, for various kinds of celebrities and um, what we should kind of expect to pay for, you know, for, for, for them um, to, to represent a brand um, and their involvement. So obviously like um, if, uh, I think I was on someone's social media who was, um, um it was um it was one she was Wiz Khalifa's ex Amber Rose, yes, and um she'll charge, you know, um tens of thousands of dollars for um for 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 a few social media posts. Right. right. Yeah, um, that's not common if you have enough followers and mm -hmm and you are really considered hot at the time, you have a lot of followers, a lot of activity on your social media, then yeah, it's not uncommon that you can get five, maybe 10,000 for a tweet. Okay, so so what's a clever way to, because I, I personally do not see the return in a tweet that may be no, deleted eventually. Honestly, it makes no sense. But, but brands do it. <laughs> You know, brands do it, and it, it just, it, it seems like they just want to burn, you know, cash they have, um, but for well, the traffic, you know, like that's, a lot of the time that's what happens, like if you're putting out a new line or something, mm -hmm. or you're launching a new site, and you have, you know, Kim Kardashian tweeted out, or Justin Bieber, it'll drive a lot of traffic to your site, so if that's valuable to you, then it could pay off, but mm -hmm. most of the time, it's that money. Yeah. So, so what's a clever way for entrepreneurs or clever, a clever approach for entrepreneurs to, to take that will make, you know, stretch the effects or returns on their investment? So do they look for someone who's emerging, you know, um, just about to come out of the limelight? Obviously, you don't want to, you know, um, someone who's, who's going down. But how do you kind of select a celebrity besides um, the alignment with your brand? Well, I think that you, you pretty much uh, have made a very, very good point. I mean, you don't you don't generally want to pick the guys that are absolutely the hottest A-listers because number one, they have a lot of endorsements already, so people aren't going to necessarily associate them with your brand. Um, if you take Rodman, like most people now, they know that he has the vodka and he's kind of become more and more associated with it. Mm -hmm. Well, if we had picked somebody that was everywhere already um it's a little bit harder to really reach through to their followers if, if the if the guy is promoting 20 different things chances are his followers don't really care you know what he puts out there next uh, and also from a money perspective there's a big difference between going for someone that's the hottest guy right now and somebody that is just below that if we're talking about for example hockey players um if you wanted to go after somebody like Gretzky, who's the biggest, right? I mean, you might spend a million dollars just for an endorsement. Well, you can go for guys that still played on the same team, so the guys that supported the LA Kings or the Edmonton Oilers, they still know who he is, they're still interested, but you might be able to get him to endorse you for 15, 20,000. Right. It's like a world apart. 
between those kinds of celebrities. And then the other thing is, of course, if they're considered guys that are going to be in the game for a long time. I mean, take somebody like someone like Britney Spears, you know, who's just got a new show in Vegas. She's been relevant for what twenty years? I want to say like twenty nineties, yeah, right. pretty much. A long time, right? Yeah. She's probably going to stay there, so she's going to cost you more money than somebody that might have like one hit, and then within a year or two they're going to fade. They're more likely to get involved with really anything just because they know that their winner to make money is pretty small. Yeah, it was shooting star really when you think about it. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. Um. Is there is there any other sort of tip you you have you know to to listeners you know looking to actually get the best out of celebrities? I really want us to 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 to, to turn every every page really. You need to do some research mm -hmm. into the person and their personality because one thing you will find the more you get into this business is the personality that you think that you know like from seeing them doing interviews or seeing them on TV compared to what these guys are like in real life there's often a big a big difference like Dennis couldn't be more different you know like you see him on TV and you think it's this wild and crazy guy but he's actually a super nice very shy personality great friend you know and most people wouldn't expect that they're like no 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 he's crazy I'm like no he's he's really not you know but that can go without putting any names out there that can go the other way too yeah uh, so you need to kind of know who you're getting involved with because sometimes if they do if they do things kind of like we talked about North Korea even though the intentions were good mm -hmm. some celebrities are just very prone to controversy and, and negative publicity that he might he might actually backfire on you to be involved so you gotta think about is this a person I could be involved with for one year, two years, and that goes from anything from the, the celebrity itself to their agent to the team around them. You gotta make sure it's a good fit for you. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree. Okay, um, thank you so much, Andreas. Um, but before I let you go, I would like to put you through our evergreen questions, which is a lightning round. And there are a set of five questions I'm gonna ask, very random questions. And if you could answer them with just a single sent with single answer or sentence, it'd be great. Ready, right. ready when you are. All right, go ahead. What are your future plans? We got a great clothing brand coming out with a couple of top celebrities backing it. All right, good stuff. Sounds interesting. How'd you hire people? Gut feeling. Awesome. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business? Manage your cash flow, manage your employees, and manage your time. Oh, fantastic. If there was a single book or resource that's made the highest impact on how you view building a business and growth, which would it be? I'm just not a reader. You're a doer. I, know, I just learn from experience and write your own book. Awesome. <laughs> your autobiography. All right. What has been your best mistake to date? That by that I mean a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Uh, dropping out of high school because I just couldn't stick with it. Oh, fantastic! Wow, good stuff. Okay, right. Um, it, it's been it's been it's been really really good having you, Andreas. Um, if listeners wanted to get in touch with you with regards to celebrity endorsements or wanted to just further take this conversation on, what would be the best way to get in touch with you? 
Um, the best way is probably through my website. Okay. Uh, it's andreasbjohansen.com. Okay. Um, and they can get in touch with me there, via uh, email, social media, phone, whatever. And I'm more than happy to discuss different options. Okay. Uh, you, you are on LinkedIn and we connected on LinkedIn. So Correct. Um, yeah. just search for Andreas Johansson on LinkedIn also. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Oh, it was my pleasure. Fantastic. Do have a fantastic one. Good one. All right, thank you very much. See ya.